Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ah, we meet again, friend. Thanks for always making the time to stop by for a visit. You know, I put something aside for you because I knew you'd be coming in today. Hmm, let's see. Yes, there you are. It may not look like much. On the surface, it seems like... A regular old tablespoon. But oh, the unimaginable darkness it has seen. I call this one... Pieces. Welcome to the Antiquarium of Sinister Happenings and Odd Goings On. first time, he only took a tooth. I was six years old, and our dog Harley, a Labrador Collie Cross, was dying. He lay on our couch, head in my mother's lap, whining in his sleep. We had taken him to the vet that morning. I remember sitting in the waiting room, holding my rolled-up comic and trying to hear the muffled voices of my mother and the vet through the door. She told me years later that they offered to put Harley down, but she couldn't go through with it. He had been with us all my life. I had no siblings and never knew my father. The three of us were all the family had ever known. I prayed for Harley that night. You know, the way a child does. Did you ever do that? Not to anyone or anything specific. Certainly not to God. We weren't religious at all. I just prayed. Generally anyone or anything that would listen whispered words under covers I thought it was something people did when they needed help you know 
didn't really understand. I often wonder if this is how it all began. Offering up such innocent need to whatever was listening. When I fell asleep, I had a dream unlike any other I had ever experienced. The dream world, white on white, as far as I could see in every direction. An odd shimmer in the air, distortions which seemed to be forming shapes, but never quite succeeding. Hello. I spun around at the voice. There was a man there, tall and thickly set. Other features are not so easy to recall. To focus on him felt like watching an image on water. He seemed ill at ease in his clothing. I remember that. And uncomfortably warm. There was always sweat on his brow or being wiped from his palms. I was surprised more than afraid. At that point, he was not threatening in any way. Indeed, he went out of his way to appear otherwise. I, I see that now. Your name is Adam, isn't it? E yes I replied. I heard my own voice and became aware quite clearly that I was dreaming. There was the clarity you have when you know something is truth. You're right, you know, he said, bending at the waist to bring his eyes level with mine. This is just a dream, but I am very real, and I would like to help you, Adam. He never came too close, just smiled, wiping at his mouth, gaze fixed on me. Your dog is dying, isn't he? Your friend. Very sad, of course, but... He met my eyes and grinned. I can help. Really? Oh, yes. But I need a little something from you, Adam. Just a small thing. Nothing vital. What is it? He smiled. Your tooth. How did he know? I thought. I felt a loose one in my mouth. It had been that way for a week now. I'd been pushing it around with my tongue all day. But, but it isn't out yet. Oh, I know, I know. You will need to help it along. Just a little. You want me to help Harley, don't you? I did. Of course. Do you want your friend to live or die, Adam? I can help, but only if you do your part. Now, before you wake, if you want to save him, you must be quick. You have to do it and hand it to me. He never took his eyes off mine. I thought, I could be brave, couldn't I? I could do it to save my dog, couldn't I? I pushed with my tongue until it hurt. It wouldn't be enough. Tick, tick, Adam. We are running out of time. I reached into my mouth and I got a hold of the tooth between two fingers. Do it quickly. I pulled. The taste of blood was in my mouth. My eyes watered and I heard myself cry. Then something snapped and the blood rushed out, spilling suddenly onto the floor. Here. Here. The man snapped his fingers at me and held out his hand. Spittle was running down his chin. He reached out and clumsily, hungrily, snatched the bloody tooth. Eyes fixed, brow glistening with sweat. Then, 
He popped it in his mouth and ate it like a candy. I woke to the sound of its slippery crunch from between his wet lips. Heart racing, I lay there in my bed, morning light stinging my eyes. I felt for my tooth. It was gone. Just just a smooth hole where it had been. I told my mother about the missing tooth and she said not to worry. I, I must have swallowed it in my sleep. These things happen. It was quickly forgotten with our happiness over our Harley's recovery. He was there at my bedroom door when I got up, wagging his tail and ready for walks. Everything was good again. I never told anyone about my dream. Stupid. He still died a month later. Gone in his sleep, cold by the morning. I found him as I was the first one downstairs, calling his name. I remember standing there for a long time, silent, frozen in the moment, watching his limp body and feeling that gap in my mouth. Now, all these years later, I'm watching in silence again. I can't let her see me. I I wouldn't want to scare her. Do you understand how, how you can love someone enough to leave? Every year that passes, I retreat further into the dark, away from prying eyes. Out in the world, she lives her life, perfect and beautiful. Every movement and word and moment, the pain swells and blooms inside, and I think I cannot miss her any more than I do. I could not survive it. Then another day comes, and somehow, I I do. I do apologize, but a delivery just arrived here at the shop. And I need to sign for it. Sit tight, and I'll be back quicker than a rat up a drain pipe. Want to know one of our favorite sounds here at the Antiquarium? It's a hungry trickster demon devouring a soul. Want to know one of our other favorite sounds? Here it is. That's the sound we hear when we're learning a new language with Babel. Babbel's got quick 10-minute lessons handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Plus, it sounds a lot like Babylon, designed by real people for real conversations. You ever been stuck behind the planchette of a Ouija board trying to communicate with an ancient Polish realm walker? At the Antiquarium, we reach for Babbel. Approachable, accessible tips and tools rooted in real-life situations, and paranormal ones, too, with speech recognition technology to improve your pronunciation and accent. Very important. Giving you the confidence you need for that exorcism, possession, enchantment spell, or other strange ritual. Here's a special limited-time deal for Antiquarium guests. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for Antiquarium visitors at babbel.com sinister. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash sinister, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash sinister. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now that wasn't so bad, was it? Let's glide back into this nightmare, shall we? My mother was in a car accident when I was 18. Icy roads, a tired truck driver, blood and broken glass. A phone call. She was in a coma when I reached the hospital, covered in bandages, eyes closed. Didn't have long, they told me. I was consumed by regret more than anything. 
We had been growing apart for years. All the things I hadn't said and had taken for granted were haunting me. All the things I had assumed would be there in the future until time, you know, ate them up. She gave me unconditional love from the moment I was born, and all I had to do was be there for her. Yet still, still I failed. I would have given anything to speak to her once more, if only for a few hours, to tell her everything I could and to, and to listen. I cried like a baby by her bed, memories cutting me every time I closed my eyes. After 36 hours, I fell asleep in the waiting room, holding a lukewarm cup of tea. Hello again, Adam. You remember me, don't you? The white-on-white -white world. The man in the ill-fitting suit. Yes, I remember you. You said you would save my dog. And I did, did I not? You cannot buy immortality. Don't be a fool. He wiped at his lips. Heat seemed to radiate from him. Only a little at a time, Adam. That's how it works. A tooth doesn't get you much. A few weeks for a dog, that's fair. Don't you think that's fair? I... I... I don't know. Oh, you do. You do. He smiled and wiped his hands on his chest. And here you are again. Your poor mother, yes. So close already? So close already. Images of her flooded into my mind and I was ashamed of forgetting her. Even for a second. She doesn't have long, Adam. He wanted me to say it, I realized. Can you help her? Oh yes. Oh yes, of course I can help. What do you want? Tell me. An hour. A few hours with her. My voice cracked as I answered. What? Speak up. I want to talk to my mom. His eyes burned into me for a moment before he looked over my shoulder. I followed his gaze. A table had appeared behind me. There was a knife on it. A finger. For an hour with her. He was looking at his lips, dabbing at the corners of his mouth. I couldn't take my eyes off the knife. Just as before, Adam. Do it quickly, then give it to me. I didn't have a choice. The knife was heavier than it looked. The pain just as expected. I almost stopped more than once when it became too much or, or I couldn't cut through. But I kept going. I didn't have any choice. I had slumped to the floor, shaking and soaking in sweat, when he took my severed finger. Then he ate it in front of me. I was woken by the sound of someone calling my name. Cold tea had spilled into my lap and a nurse put her hand on my shoulder. I had to go with her, she said. My mother was awake. I tried to reply to get to my feet, but I was frozen in place, staring at the stump where my finger had been, staring at the skin, smooth and perfect, as if it had always been that way. I watch her go through her day, from crossroads through windows. I will phone her tonight, but I can't speak, of course. It will be worth it to hear her voice. It will all be worth it.
you, do you understand? I didn't have a choice. When my daughter was one year old, she had a seizure. Ambulances and hospitals followed. Tears and sleepless nights for myself and my wife. There was no fear like it. After a week of tests, the doctors invited us in to speak with them. Their words were quiet and kind and stunk of finality. Our daughter would not get better. She had another year at most. They could make her comfortable. There is no emptier place in the world than the future without your child. You would do anything to change it. Anything. I held my wife and stared again at my missing finger, remembering how I had hid it from people, made up lies about an accident, but most of all, I remembered his words. Of course I can help. What do you want? Tell me. That night, I watched my daughter sleeping in her cot, perfect and beautiful. And I knew. I knew what I had to do. Eventually, I slept. He was waiting for me in the white. He didn't show himself at first. He remained behind me, hot breath on my neck. I heard splashes on the ground, saliva running from his mouth. He cast a larger shadow now than the man I had seen before. How much time can I buy her? I asked. There was a table in front of us set with shining cutlery. Many bone-handled knives. Oh, many years, many years. His voice was thicker, heavier. It depends how much you are willing to, to give. How long we can make you last. His hand. No, it, it was no longer a hand. His claw was on my shoulder. But we shall find out. Yes, we shall. In time, I would see him as he truly was. By then, of course, it was much too late. He walked past me and picked up a spoon. Gave it a tap on the table. Let's start with an eye. That was 15 years ago. I had to leave my wife, my family, hide myself away. I couldn't conceal what was happening to me. I couldn't explain. I could only go on. But now, my time is running out. So hers is too. My daughter. I have so little left to give. One eye, one arm, both legs, of course. I've been in a wheelchair for a decade. Teeth, gums, tongue, my voice with them. All gone. All gone. Eaten away. I sometimes wonder, how am I still alive? If you could call this life. Waking up hollower than I was after a night of cutting and blood and horror. You don't, you don't really need both kidneys. Did you know that? So many organs and bones are not essential. I'm afraid to sleep now. There won't be many more times. I think of the voice of the thing in my dreams, the bloody mouth and grasping claws, as I lie on that white floor in a pool of red, deadened by the pain, 
listening to the clink of cutlery and smack of lips, I will tell myself I cannot face this again. Then I will think of my daughter, of buying her just a little more time, and I will sleep. Thank you for your patronage. Hope you enjoyed your new relic as much as I've enjoyed passing along its sordid history. It does come with our usual warning, however. Absolutely no refunds, no exchanges, and we won't be held liable for anything that may or may not occur while the object is in your possession. If you've got an artifact with mysterious properties, Perhaps it's accompanied by a history of bizarre and disturbing circumstances. Maybe you'd be interested in dropping it and its story by the shop to share with other customers. Please reach out to antiquariumshop at gmail.com. A member of our team will be in touch. Till next time, we'll be waiting for you whenever you close your eyes. In the space between sleep and dream. During regular business hours, of course, or by appointment, only for you, our best customer. You have a good night now. The Antiquarium of Sinister Happenings, Lot 020. Pieces, written by D. McCain, 1981, starring Nils Freikdahl as the Demon, Jade Shand as Young Adam, featuring Stephen Knowles as the Antique Dealer. Additional sound effects by AV Productions. Engineering production and sound design by Trevor Shand. Theme music by the Newton Brothers. Additional music by Coag, Kevin McLeod, and Audio Nautics. The Antiquarium of Sinister Happenings is created and curated by Trevor and Lauren Shand. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at AntiquariumPod. Call the Antiquarium at 646-481-7197.